This podcast is brought to you by Hound. Hound comments on style violations and GitHub pull requests, allowing you and your team to better review and maintain a clean code base. Try it now at houndci.com. My mic is making me feel like really short right now. Really? I, I, yeah. Are you standing or are you sitting? I'm sitting. Oh, man. I wonder if this is going to be bad for... That's bad if you, like, feel short while sitting. That's... Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's, like, really bad. That shouldn't be in the Amazon description. Like, you should write a review, Kyle. This mic is great, but I feel really short. (laughs) If you are (laughs) self-conscious about your height, you're going to feel even shorter when you're sitting. (laughs) Man, did that come through? Oh, no. Oh, my God. It really didn't. I just, I just, I don't know. I went to a different place. <laughs> I like the idea that this is just going to turn into a therapy session on my self-consciousness about my height. Oh, man. How's your day going? It's going pretty good. Just a normal day for me. Yeah. A bunch of meetings. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I've been running around all day today. In the, the context switch can make you feel like insane after like a few hours <laughs> you after know a few hours of context switching yeah like every back. hour it's like a different thing <laughs> yep that's why when people ask me like how i'm doing i'm like how am i doing like i know how i was doing on that last context right in the context for that but like which answer do you want me to give about like how i'm feeling I don't you should know ask how to, them like, group everything together and be like over the last five meetings this is my average. <laughs> yeah. You should just ask them like, well, how well, how am I doing? Because I just started <laughs> this. This is like, <laughs> we're in 30 seconds. We're 30 seconds into this new context. So how am I doing? It's like that. How's my driving thing? Have you ever called a truck? Like, have you ever called that number on the back of a truck? Like, the, no, how's I always my wondered about like, you must have to be in the passenger seat to want to like, it makes it so dangerous to, to have that now. Right. Yes. I can understand before cell phones, like, okay, you're a passenger, you write it down. But like now do people call that while oh they're God. driving? I have no idea. And that's very dangerous and it's a trap. Don't do it. <laughs> you will get pulled over. Can you imagine like the cop pulls you over and they're like, uh, do you know why I pulled you over? Yeah, because the guy in front of me was driving terribly and I was trying to notify someone. I'm notifying you, sir. Oh, man, I would just go into it. Ugh. Anyway, my God, what is happening right now? <laughs> it's clearly Friday and it's like towards the end of the day. The and end we've of the- gone off the rails really quickly. Oh, that was like it's- that was record time. <laughs> I'll blame me and my dancing. Okay, that's that, right. That no one's going to hear the backstory right. on, so it's just going to feel really funny right now. <laughs> <laughs> They're playing Die Hard in our WeWork library right now, and I almost skipped this to to watch that. <gasps> this morning they were playing like this. Uh, last week they were doing this on Friday too, but the movies weren't as good as the ones today for whatever reason. They played Home Alone and okay. Home Alone Two, mm. and I was just like, "Oh, I could totally skip out on work and watch these, and that would be silly." But that was that was what I was just thinking about. Oh, would you consider <laughs> Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes. That's so wonderful. I love that. 
Growing up, I just I missed I just missed it. Like my dad and my brother were really into Die Hard, but I was just young enough to just not really. I'm like, what? I don't know. Explosions and Bruce Willis. I don't know. But I just learned recently that it is a Christmas movie, and I love that so much. Something about it. I just love it. Like, what other movie has like Bruce Willis and explosions, and it's for Christmas? Like, I don't. That's like a very very small <laughs> genre. Like, <laughs> ah, just so good. Speaking yeah, of- I, I don't know. I also don't know how they're playing that the lobby of our coworkers. <laughs> <laughs> That's also a good question. Yeah. Uh, you know, like speaking of Christmas and presents, I recently bought myself a present and I got an iPad Pro with a pencil and it's been absolutely life changing. And this is not sponsored by Apple, by the way. <laughs> No, it's sponsored by Die Hard. Yes. This is sponsored by <sighs> Die Hard with a vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you showed me some of your artwork that you've been doing, and it looks phenomenal. Thanks. <laughs> Makes me very, very, very jealous. Oh, well, what are, you, what are you jealous about? Like, what part? I'm jealous of your style, the art style that you've got going on on the iPad. I don't know if that may be something interesting to talk about. Mm, is yeah. like, is, does your style change from so we we talked a little bit about this for me the the drawing with the pencil on the ipad is there's a texture issue with me mm. it's just not the same yeah so those are the I'm, I'm jealous of <laughs> i'm also jealous because your artwork looks amazing and i'm jealous of your skill thank you oh I thought you were going to say, like, that you had time to do it, because that's always, like, whenever I see art, I'm like, that's amazing. How did you find time to do that? <laughs> yeah, I hear Oh, man. Well, you know, like, for the texture thing, before I got it, I looked that very exact thing up. Because I've always had, I've, you know, I've always been, like, a fine artist, and it's always been a struggle for me to find a way to translate what I'm doing on the on the canvas, on the paper, into, like, the digital world. I've tried the illustrators, I've tried the photoshops, but it was never felt natural to me. And I had a Wacom tablet, still didn't really work, and t- so many options, I didn't know how to how to customize it or what I was doing. But this is like the first time it's actually translatable. And I looked up before I got it like some, you know, some tips and accessories maybe I would need. And one of the first things that came up was a screen protector, anti-glare, like it's matte so now it's on my screen and it has a little bit of like tooth to it and a little bit of resistance and that helps immensely. Like I haven't even drawn on it without it. Like I didn't even try. I just like went straight to the the screen protector and it's been awesome. That is a nice little trick. Yeah. I didn't I didn't think of of it beforehand. I was just like, "Oh, this would be nice for a couple things." I wanted to try and use it for like prototyping because I think it would be a really useful tool yeah. for like Really rapidly prototyping something. Mm. I have not had the chance to do that. Oh, so that's a if great someone out idea. there wants to hire me to prototype something for them, what about Thoughtbot? <laughs> well, that's I, I haven't had a project. That's who I meant. Hire Thoughtbot and me. <laughs> right. Just, just fill out the form online saying that you want to work directly with me right. on a prototyping project using the iPad. I heard that hot new podcast. right oh man i mean that's such a great idea though like bring it into like a sprint or something i don't know 
that was exactly my thought is like <laughs> instead of like having a storyboard on the whiteboard or mm -hmm. even doing that like i could quickly throw together like it wouldn't even be a day of prototyping it would be like let's take a photo of the whiteboard with my ipad and i'm going to trace over it and give you oh. a type in an hour or whatever it would take right a prototype prob yeah probably way underestimating the amount of time it would take. <laughs> You're seriously like messing up expectations here, Kyle. <laughs> I heard it could be done in a half an hour. <laughs> Type in an hour. Right. Just go to the comments. <laughs> so, you know, I, I've always done art forever. And it's interesting, like the struggles that come up when you leave school. And when you, because I went, you know, I went to school and I, I majored in visual arts and communications. And... The visual art part of it was great because you had a class, you had like a leader, like a teacher, you had crit sessions, you were constantly making things, putting it in front of people, getting feedback, improving it. And then when you leave that environment and now you're like, now you're home and now you have other things going on and you lose that sense of community, like it's up to you now to find the time and like the inspiration to keep being creative and keep making art. So I'm always I'm always looking for ways that will help promote that sense of creativity. And I think like the fact that there's been such a struggle to get my stuff on the in, in like in the digital world, that has been such a barrier for me because I want to be able to share what I do. And what better way than instead of me like, oh, my goodness, you should have seen me with my paper portfolio, like riding my bike to a public library in Brooklyn I'm like taking up the scanner. I'm doing it as fast as I can. I get them done, bring them home, and I look in Photoshop and I'm like, oh my God, it's like this sucks. Like there's like rainbows where there shouldn't be rainbows. There's like dust. And I'm like, oh, this is just not good. <laughs> this is just such a pain point. And so having this, this iPad has been, it's like becoming like open now, like this digital world. It's so cool. The, the comment that you made about like having a community around like I, I started to think like because I, I did the same thing in college and like even after college I, I continued to produce some work mm -hmm. but I didn't have the same accountability didn't have the same community around me so it definitely it was easy for it to die off mm. and then the, the times when it has picked back up has been when I've had someone else essentially keeping me accountable for it. Whether that's like me thinking that other people are holding me accountable just in my head and me like producing something and, and shipping it. Or like I did a back and forth with another artist in Philly when we were still living in Philly. And that was a ton of fun because we did, it was, he's a big baseball fan, I'm a big baseball fan. So we did a bunch of sketching and it was just like a 30 minute, just do a sketch and post it on Twitter. And we have this trail of like uh, going back and forth and it was like a lot of fun. And now that I'm talking about it, I don't know why we stopped. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I've tried things like that. Oh, I've had, I've had art. Like my friends would come over. I, I just have a friend come over and we just have a bunch of stuff out on the floor and we would just draw stuff for a few hours and then, you know, I had a friend come over and we did a painting in the afternoon. And like the most recent thing I would do with my friend is we would meet at a bar 
and you know grab a drink and sit in the in the back with and just kind of hang out and just talk and like have a beer and and sketch and stuff all these things i have i have a friend who writes and i'm like we should do a back and forth where you write you write to encourage each other like you write a poem and then you send me that poem and i'll draw it and then you look at my drawing and then write another poem and then like we can like do this loop but we man she sent me a poem and then i i already like messed up i didn't send her a drawing <laughs> this like always trying to find ways to, yeah being held accountable is such a ugh, man that's such a big thing because you don't have deadlines or someone or a grade you know, or, or a class that you have yeah. to present in front of for crit and like art school crit or design school crit. Like if you don't have your your stuff together, like you'll get torn apart. Yeah. So just like that drive was mm. helpful for me. Yeah. I didn't realize it till now. <laughs> Yay. This is like therapy. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things, too, for a while I would hesitate to make anything because I was I had a really bad block for like a couple years where I was like I'm I hesitated to making anything because I was like where is this going to live like is this part of a series what's the series I only have one idea so I can't possibly think of eight more to create a series like these kinds of thoughts would like float in and then I would just have no action and thinking of it in terms of a body of work with a theme was something that really caused me to not make anything. And I, it was one day I had the realization where I was like, oh my God, no, just do it, anything. And the unifying thing across all different kinds of subjects or whatever is, is your style. Like hone in on your style and then everything else will just fall in, you know, naturally. So whether that means I'm drawing an apple or drawing, you know, a dog, yeah, <laughs> just do it. Just like, that's so hard. It's so hard to do to just start. For me, the thing that I do, the, the hack that I have, and it's weird that I like at this point, I really prefer like really inexpensive, cheap materials. Mm. So like the, the, the things that I like to do for drawing is just like, and this actually comes through in our, our design sprints. I never realized like the correlation there. But like I'll use printer paper or like a really inexpensive sketchbook. Mm. And I love Ticonderoga number two pencils. Like there's nothing fancy about either one of those. For our design sprints, it's the same thing except Sharpies. But even when I did do more heavy painting and artwork, it was still like acrylics which are looked down upon as like not really paint and like really tough charcoal mm. and just like so all of the materials I always use are like really not precious which makes me it, like that barrier of like eh, this isn't precious at all so like let's just churn stuff out mm, I love that yeah I had the kind of opposite problem in a way like I love materials and so sometimes that would that would prevent me. I mean, I would definitely get better at just grabbing a thing, grabbing a book, grabbing a pen and going. But sometimes the, the fact that I have 12 pieces of really nice paper and I want to draw something cuz I, I love the feeling of like the nice heavyweight paper, like the nice pen, like those oh, I'm just like I just like pet it. You know, I'm so weird. But like just like feeling it like <laughs> Hello, my pretty. <laughs> just like feeling it and knowing that anything's possible on that page then became absolutely terrifying. But yeah. and just like, you know, the really interesting observation I've 
kind of picked up by using the iPad. You know, it is disposable. Like you have these digital sheets of paper now that aren't anything. They're nothing. Like I can erase, I can, it doesn't, oh my God, it can go anywhere. There's no, granted there's space on your iPad, but you can, you know, you can handle that and move things around and stuff. But, you know, the fact that I can just start and not worry about making a mistake. However, making a mistake, that's so important with just actual physical drawing. Like, I realize how dangerous, like, an undo button can be to the creative process because (laughs) there is this element, like, when I'm doing sketches with a pen and paper, I make quote-unquote mistakes a lot, but I just take those as, like, opportunities to move in a different direction. With the iPad, you know, if you make a quote-unquote mistake or something that you didn't mean to do, you could just erase it and just do what you meant to do, which is also great, but... I'm like very aware of embracing those one-off, you know, there are so many times, Kyle, like I've, abs- like I've, I've dropped a marker by accident and I'm just like, okay, curse, number one, and then look at what <laughs> I just did by accident and then just be like, oh, and then it actually like, that happened to me one time I had a drawing and I made him, I just smudged something by accident and it was in a big white space. And I was like, God, are you serious right now? But I ended up cutting it out. And then I ended up doing like a whole bunch of different mixed media collage stuff from just cutting out this rogue streak that just happened. <laughs> and that stumbled, I stumbled upon a whole other way of doing a thing. So it's like embracing them, but I don't know. It's, it's so interesting. Like limitations and like what iPads and digital stuff can and can't do, you know? Yeah. No, all of that is like, it's super interesting from a psychological perspective. Like I had the same thing with the paper of like, definitely had nice sheets of paper and was like, I'm going to wait until I know exactly what I want to put down on this. So being like ultra precious, even though like it's a nice sheet of paper, but still it, it was like $3 for the sheet. It's not like I couldn't go out and buy another sheet of paper. But for whatever reason, that was like continued to be like I needed to be precious about that space. Whereas like the low grade materials, like it does allow for like happy mistakes to happen. So mm. like if something like like you, you go a little too far in your stroke or like whatever it is that happens. And I think the, the correlation between that and I feel like design tools mm-hmm. is really interesting because like there is still that paralysis when you open up a blank Photoshop, blank sketch file of like, what am I going to put on this? And there's also the lost opportunity, I feel like when I jump into HTML and CSS, Mm -hmm. those happy mistakes very rarely happen. Whereas like, I'll screw something up in Sketch and be like, oh wait, that actually looks really interesting. Like, let's go with this direction a little bit further before I like completely undo it. So Mm. it's, it's interesting like how the different tools can allow for being precious. Like I feel a lot less precious with my HTML and CSS just because it's like, text on a page and it's like super easy to remove or like add more stuff but for whatever reason like the preciousness of us like a blank sketch file is still fairly daunting mm-hmm. yeah and and with like html and css i know that it's gonna change like it's gonna iterate and it's fine 
And when it comes to drawing and like the other other things, I don't I don't want it to keep changing. Like at one a certain at some point, I want it to just stop. Like I sometimes I can't look at art that I've completed because I will go back and be like, okay. That's also a part of the process too. Like sometimes I know very well, I'm gonna hang this up. It's not really that done, but like anything that sticks out, I'll just, I'll fix in the next couple of weeks. But you know, one thing I found that helps to kind of remove the preciousness of a thing. And I know I'm, I keep talking about, about drawing, but I, I think it does apply too to like other, other design tools. But you know, I have my piece of paper and one time, one night I was so stuck and I'm like, I don't know what to do. and. One reason why I don't necessarily like using like scratch stuff is because if I start to really like what I'm doing and I want to keep going with it, then like the thing that I'm ending with is like a piece of printer paper that like, oh man, I wish was I wish I did this on my other paper that I like really love. You know what I mean? But it helped to just start drawing what was around me to make it not precious. Like, all right, just draw that plant. You know, it's a plant. Who cares? Like it's for you. Like just warm up. One thing design-wise that we signed up for as a team was this daily UI thing to kind of help encourage you to make stuff for Dribble, which is one of my goals, Kyle. I haven't done any of them yet. They live <laughs> nicely in a folder, <laughs> but I'm glad they're there. But they're like these little tiny micro challenges of just like design a login screen, you know, design like a credit card authenticator or something. So those are like nice little ways to little tiny ways to kind of get started, you know, start thinking in that realm, make it not precious, you know? Yeah. My go-to is always to draw my hand. Ooh, so I always, that's good. I like that. I have lots, lots and lots of sketches of my hand. Oh, man. That brings me back to, like, class in college. <laughs> the amount of hands I've drawn in those margins. <laughs> You'd think I was taking a hand class. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was chemistry. <laughs> so you were doing, uh, uh, you know, your art homework in chemistry class. Yeah, liberal arts all the way. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Mm. Do you have a desire to kind of be more creative and do some creative things like this, like outside of work? Like, do you have the time, or like, like how do you, how do you manage that? I like to think that my creativity comes through my kids. Oh, that's great. Because that's where my time goes, is <laughs> is into that. Like the time that I would spend painting or drawing, most of the time is being spent with them and mm. doing stuff with them and being imaginative with them. Oh, that's great. Do you guys draw together? Not really yet. Cool. <laughs> so my four-year-old it's actually kind of funny. He is very logical and we can already tell. And his daycare has like a different specialty every day. And, and the day that he has art, a lot of the time they take him to the library mm -hmm. because he's, he's not very good with that blank piece of paper. <laughs> he likes to like know what he's supposed to do with it, mm. which is fairly interesting. Oh, that is really interesting. But like once he knows what he's supposed to do, like he's, I guess he's very not very imaginative and very logical, and so he doesn't really enjoy sketching or drawing as much. But I can tell that my youngest son will enjoy doing that thing. So, but he's not old enough to like really understand right. what he's doing. Oh, that's fun. That's 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 cool. I like that. That was such a huge part of my of like growing up. 
I used to draw all the time. And I would draw flowers with like faces in them, like all the time. That was like my specialty. <laughs> like big, big smile. Yeah. It's a cool thing to draw. <laughs> but big I used smiley to... faces, yeah. <laughs> what I used to do is my parents had like old National Geographics. I don't even know why, but I would get, I would cut out the photos of some of the animals and sketch out the animals. <gasps> I had yeah. this giant sketch pad of like bears and like all sorts of wildlife. I, love I don't that. even know where that is anymore. What? Oh man. Were you a good drawer? Like, was it very like true to true to, like true to the picture and <laughs> yeah. So maybe my son gets his lack of imagination from me because <laughs> I needed something to reference back to <laughs> of like, okay, I can draw this picture. Yeah, they, they were very much, like, true. This was throughout high school, so they were pretty true to life. That's cool. Drawings. I bet if you gave him a picture of, like, a bear and be like, draw this, he'd be like, oh, I have a goal. Oh, great. Yeah, he he would probably, he would definitely be better in a situation like that. Yeah. So it's not a bad idea to, mm. like, sit down and be like, we're going to draw this bear together. Right. Oh, I just, that's, I just love stuff like that. I mean... I don't know. This is not that random, but it's it's kind of like a I don't know, just kind of tangent that I, I watched this documentary a long time ago called My Kid Could Paint That. Have you ever seen that before? No. Oh, it was just like kind of about modern art in general, and it was I followed like this little girl who was making these abstract paintings that were absolutely incredible. So it's just like a documentary about it, and it just kind of ties into the art world in general, and. You know, that general sense of when you're looking at a painting in a museum that's like a scribble on a white canvas or just a blank canvas and someone being like, ugh, I could do that. So it's kind of a nod to that. It's really, really interesting. It's a really good documentary. And it's completely unbiased, which is really hard to do. So I recommend it, Kyle. You should watch it. Yeah. It's really good. It's really Definitely. good. What is the name of it? My Kid Can Do That? My Kid Could Paint That. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. We've kind of gone on this really long tangent of like I know. drawing. I know. <laughs> the tangent has become the episode. Yes. Yeah, it's, you know, it's just kind of goes back to that theme of just kind of getting your hands dirty and just starting and, and kind of making little mistakes and kind of growing from there. And it's interesting. Like, it's such a theme that plays out in so many aspects of our lives, especially in when we're handling we're talking to clients and like figuring out products and stuff. You know, that sense of don't show anyone yet. It's not perfect. It's like, well, you're not going to be able to do it. You got to make some mistakes, you know, just that fear around it. If we can manage that in our small scale with our little notebooks and like printer paper, like how, how do we translate that to like the larger sense of being okay with making like what seems like a much bigger mistake of launching a product? <laughs> before it's done which is you know never done <laughs> there it is there's the bow <laughs> there's the... you tied it all very nicely you're right like a lot of the same kinds of process that you would do for sketching totally applies of like ship iterate ship iterate ship iterate it reminds me of i forget where i got it from but like someone did an experiment with their their sculpture class and they mm -hmm. said this half of the class you are going to be graded on how many bowls that you ship so you know create as many bowls you know spin as many bowls as you can and 
you know, you're going to be graded on the quantity. Mm. And this half of the class, you're going to be graded on quality. Mm -hmm. So like you need to create this perfect bowl. And at the end, the half of the class that just cared about quantity, that just like building and building and building had higher quality bowls because they had practiced so much. Instead of trying to perfect one bowl, they were just learning how to make a bowl essentially and they made the bowl better than the, the like part of the class that was just like trying to ship essentially one bowl caring about the quality of that one bowl that is such a good example <laughs> like i can't how is this the first time i've heard this <laughs> that's such a good example that's so great yeah it's awesome that they had that experience and probably like some of that is probably like you know you could probably get so many research issues with that and biases and, and whatever, yeah. whatever the sample size of that class was. But it's like a really nice way to tie together like how iteration helps you ship a better product or helps you become a better artist or helps you become a better parent, honestly. Like yeah. the more things that you just try and, and be okay with failing mm -hmm. and learn from that failure, the better you'll be able to do it the next time. Oh my God, totally. And it's, it's such a concept that's really hard to grasp in the abstract, too, when you are sitting for the first time and, like, meeting each other and if clients aren't necessarily sure what you mean by iterative or, like, agile or, like, those kinds of, those kinds of words. It's, it's really helpful to tie it back to these kinds of real-world, like, little examples and, like, struggles. Like, the struggle of the, the blank piece of paper, you know, mm -hmm. and, like, the things that you do or, you know the joys and frustrations of like having an undo button, <laughs> you know, <laughs> being able to, I don't know, that's like very random. I don't know. It's so interesting. I think that's, that's such a great, great example. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to figure out where that comes from. Yeah. It was in a book, I think. Cool. We'll put that in the, in the notes, guys. <laughs> <laughs> a book. Find it yourself. Definitely, definitely <laughs> recommend that book. Yeah. What are we, Google? <laughs> we should just put that in the notes. You have Google, right? That's like the worst thing. I would, I would just be I'm so annoying. <laughs> oh, God. I think that's a good place to wrap up. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You can listen to us at tentative.fm slash 45. You can tweet at us at tentative.fm. You can email us hosts at tentative.fm you can rate us on itunes our twitter account again at tentative fm i think that's it is it or is it just at tentative oh kyle i don't no. know <laughs> check the notes or google it yourself <laughs> if you know where i can find a shorter microphone stand to make me not feel small send those to kyle at thoughtbot.com if you have a recording of the Skype and want to send that to me, please do. The Skype ringtone. Yeah, the new yeah. newly designed Skype, which I found out because I had to log into it. The newly designed Skype has a baller ringtone. Dance inducing. Dance inducing on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> okay, that's great. And cut. And cut. This podcast was brought to you by ThoughtBot. We are experienced designers and developers who turn your idea into the right product. With local studios in Boston, San Francisco, 
New York, London, Austin, Raleigh, and Washington, D.C. Let's build something great together.